Welcome to another UCTV.TV podcast presented by University of California Television. I'd like to begin with um, two short poems, one of them of six lines, uh, the other all of eight lines. And the light here is not the greatest, but we'll see what we can do with it. Um, The first poem is titled Itinerary, and uh, it may or may not tell us something about where we are about to go. Itinerary, monologues of white interiors, time-dried of water and wind. Crowds gather in history's emptiness, weightless in the hollows of memory. Description without witness, so long ago lost. And the next poem is titled, It, I-T. Time was, there is now a different measurement in place. It has more to do with endurance than dimension, a property of stasis with people, animals, and wind rushing past, a watershed from which all things rush away. There is no becoming. Destinations have been proved absurd. It is a game of propositions. It is this. This is it. It is nothing. It is being poised. The it comes loose from reference and has elsewhere to go. The next poem uh, has a uh, specific location somewhere on uh, Highway 1 between Point Arena and um, Fort Bragg on the Mendocino Coast. And it's uh, titled Driving to Fort Bragg. The particular occasion for this hallucinatory trip was I was driving my wife to an emergency appointment at a hospital in Fort Bragg. And it was in a dense, dense, early, early morning fog. Driving to Fort Bragg. And this poem has an epigraph from um, John Cyril of uh, UC which is the existence of the appearance is the reality in question. Inferred only, this time is history yet uncovered. Hawks on fence posts, even ravens, those acrobats. Fog has called a general strike along the coast. No thermal lazing, hovering, no tidying up by vultures descended from above. Through cataracts dimly, once winged enterprise, feathers tented against rain, these vision masters of the air. Headlights catch them in refracting dawn. Whatever their hunger, the ceiling will not yield. Bird shapes lost in the moment of discovery, as if light after millennia released, reduced substance to ash, a part of the vast curriculum of circumstance and nothing. With yesterday's blinding sunlight, there withheld. So many questions fearful to be asked. Place this with the Pacific fence post posturing of hawks. And I suppose I'm supposed to pause between poems, but I hope you don't mind my rushing on. Um, The next uh, sequence I'd like to read is called Ten Philosophical Asides. And uh, this derives from uh, Ludwig Wittgenstein's uh, Uncertainty, which was um, 
assembled after his death. Um, and I think published in 1958. And the poem, each poem has an epigraph, or not an epigraph, a, uh, one of the paragraphs of uh, Wittgenstein. Um, and then the poem follows. And the, and the overall sequence has the following epigraph. I am sitting with a philosopher in a garden. He says again and again, I know that's a tree, pointing to a tree that is near us. Someone else arrives and hears this, and I tell him, this fellow isn't insane. We are only doing philosophy. One, from its seeming to me, or to everyone else, to be so, it doesn't follow that it is so. We can ask, and in the asking, doubt finds its ground. The proposition itself is questioned. The red leaf I have brought indoors to say it is autumn dries before us. The red changing, less red leaf is no proof at last. We are alone again. Doubt and silence holds its ground. And two, the difference between the concept of knowing and the concept of being certain isn't of any great importance at all, except where I know is meant to mean I can't be wrong. At random, aspen leaves spot fire the evergreen outside my window. Inside my eyes, that's where the spears are thrown. Yellow blades on the dark green needles of pine. Sun-struck bronze of Hammurabi's legions soon to be blood-tipped. How may I be wrong and at random say, I know as the wars go on. And three. Thus we expunge the sentences that don't get us any further. Surf backs into ocean after breaking bones. A tone of voice foams into rocks. Sound fulfills laws. Silver sheathing tricks illusions of surfaces, illusions of silver depths, all law-bound, formal as an ocean of lies. What point have we reached? Is there any place else to go? In what manner of speaking, may I ask? And four, overcoming a struggle with static electricity in pages. If we imagine the facts otherwise than they are, certain language games lose some of their importance, while others become more important. And in this way, there is an alteration, a gradual one, in the use of the vocabulary of a language. It is October, and rabbits fly amidst rising autumn leaves. The lake makes a statement. I, the I is not important, have never set foot on the moon. Some things are taken for granted. Of course he is who he says he is. I can tell by his necktie. And five, 
When we first begin to believe anything, what we believe is not a single proposition, it is a whole system of propositions. Light dawns gradually over the whole. Once only, under a rising illusionist moon, ethereal presences, traceries of a face, body parts plain, more odorous than photographs, or telephones slowly connecting, explicit parts revealing names, the sum of which the names of things wastes away as light dawns gradually over the whole. And six, our talk gets its meaning from the rest of our proceedings. Because it happened, I say a dog barking means the end of the world. I say, this is the way it is. And then a dog barks and what I believe unravels within me and the shell of the world echoes the barking of dogs because it happened. This is the way it is. I say it may happen again. And seven, our knowledge forms an enormous system. And only within this system has a particular bit the value we give it. That tree is wise that does not up and walk away. True to the value given it, it bends and sways. One step over the line and we are stopped forever in silence. No matter that the mountains march into the sea. And eight. For may it not happen that I imagine myself to know something? Imagine the pieces whole again, fact and odds and ends, ends beyond means, a landscape with clear features except nothing to know, valley and plain, silence against silence, sound empties the ears, unlocatable pain. And nine, there are cases where doubt is reasonable, but others where it seems logically impossible, and there seems to be no clear boundary between them. Like missed baggage, we sit in places that have names unknown to our claimants, who fret in other places at speeds and pressures that split all things apart a condition necessary, perhaps, to the birthing of stars, but fatal to simple pairing, necessary to recognition and the claiming of our own. In the final poem in this sequence, you must bear in mind that the language game is, so to say, unpredictable. I mean, it is not based on grounds. It is not reasonable nor unreasonable. It is simply there, like our life. Whatever it is, there it is, bent beneath the full burden of a life. Our language carries us. We are born to the equation, both sides equal. These words, these vows, this rising, falling breath. Um, the next poem. Um, 
is another specific poem. It's titled Dog in the Forest, uh, which could be a misleading title, except, and there's also a reference in the last line of the poem to um, something called the Noonday Demon. The Noonday Demon, as some of you may know, <coughs> was uh, the uh, capital sin of sloth in the Middle Ages, uh, against which the um, church fathers exercised extreme diligence. Dog in the Forest. A city in ruins as ever. In the forest, every scent comes arrowing true, a state of exception where the air opens up to death as everyone's property, thrown in the corner, a loose rag, the ultimate configuration of facts. When we were young and feral, we made our paths into the city, a sanctuary with doors and corridors. Then were promises and obligations kept like subway tokens against uncertainty. There were nights that continued ecstatic to morning, and the red of your hair dawn sprinkled you with diamond light. Can it be told when an ancient trace of faith gave way under stress in every modern word? Running through a melancholy of photographs and kitchen knives, have we no more than that which happens? There are paths that have left behind no odor of life. The city, was it a phantasm, erotically believed? Read the wind, dream a sleep of unknowing, lie down with the noonday demon. This, is, this next um, poem is part of a a long sequence uh, that began as um, literally as uh, 50 100-line poems. I quickly disabused myself of that idea because each line was supposed to consist of five uh, accented syllables, and uh, it, it quickly found a more natural form in what I can only describe as runaway prose. And um, it's, a, it's a prose poem, and, and this is number three of a series of about eight or so. And I should say something about the circumstances of the point. During the time that this was written, I was living a bi-coastal life. That is, two or three days in New York, and then the other rest of the time in San Francisco and Muir Beach in Marin County. And uh, this poem was, in a sense, a or the whole sequence is, in a sense, an, a, a response or a reaction to the rather ingrown but nonetheless intense uh, literary life in New York City. Once again, flannel on the lawn at dawn. Threats of purgatory rising with the sun. Why so early, double? There are pros who play this sport for blood. Yours will do. Edges of sardine cans await your hands. Caution is not the question. The question is who will be the last to be asked to dance? Watch out for the glare ice there ahead. Do not touch the brakes or the whole gazebo will go flying into the sunrise late for school, yesterday's uniform still unpressed and soiled. Stay on the phone at least until you hear the beep. Be sure to have your message ready. Helpless, the oars have been left behind. The stars not out, invisible in chill cloud cover. 
It's damn cold out here in the open tonight. No spooky moonglade to glide upon and sleep. And whose intention is it this morning to hang the jury before lunch break and jump ahead tonight armed with a veiled and chic beginning? Or to try another channel in seriousness, meaning now, today, remotely, but forever, right there, with the questions unanswered, is where reality begins and ends. Your turn next in the yard may come. Make the most of it. Keep those buttocks tight. Chin up for class and country, the old hometown. Yes, like a god of legend of a faraway distant time. And it isn't a matter of shelf life. It's more a matter of shelf life. It isn't a question of packaging. A plea bargain is always possible, assuming you can hold yourself together in the soup for a whole day and night and then show up again on the lawn, fresh-faced and vulnerable. Remember, there is no one minding the store. What store? Oh, just an expression they will use rounding any corner, drenched and testy with the facts of life. Pretend not to notice that the big game is over, that the masses have been moving away from home, except for the usual freeway snarls. Why doesn't somebody say there's nobody here but us neutrals? Which is not to say it is unnatural, only that it is nowhere to be found in nature, invented as we go along. But enough about you. A flame orange sun does not the cold Pacific burn. Not now. Be sure, be sure you have enough OJ for breakfast. Also, before birth, before death, before the common air, first cry, you should know this is a no-host bar. Oh, no. So much for that. Um, let's see, we have oh, some time remaining. Um, I, I read this next poem with some um, trepidation because it's, um, it, in, in, in one respect, it represents the closest I have been able to come to a that sense where the human agency inflicts upon another human uh, the, the non-human uh, through torture or other means, which is all too common these days. And it's a series of uh, nine short poems called Holding On. How account for dimming of the lights, baggage of old age tagged and waiting, or light tricks in snow at sunup, waiting in line, waiting in line, come sundown, watching the horizon, eyes glowing. And two, who, not the other, myself, my prisoner, night flesh, ear skewered, music in natural air. Screams well deep seep to the brain root. Days, Treblinka nights. Guilt guts the ferret in my cage. Sanity puddles the floor. 
three, in memory sickness, eyes unlace, open as last night's boots. A glacier of light saps the air. Remember, the torturer's tinnitus starts the day. The irrationality of it. Mob noise, angels struck from a block of darkness. A sunlit sky breaks through in shrapnel. Hard, screaming night. Feather touch. Troops improvising for the kill. Panic. My enemy. My nail hold. Of the texture of elbows shattered and stairwell falls, hallucinations of confession rush to stop pain. Andean snow stars blind me. The flashlight of the burglar of death flares and holds on my eyes. In the feast halls, ghosts linger, feeding, avoiding dogs and the memory of cracked bones. Present danger, colors hiss from a blue mask, bone bonded, autumn in no year's season, a nerve twitches across the path. Planets by lamplight, street laughter embraced in being, parallel lines collapse curbside, cornices fall from a stranger's dream, moon sand ears, the inhabitants lean in to hear. I say that's a poem which may not be as accessible as some of the others. This is, uh, this is a sequence from which the, uh, the book title derives called Writing the Silences. And it was uh, of interest to me because the, uh, the compositional mode in, in this sequence is, I suppose you would call it aleatory, meaning a, a chance, um, luck, and whatnot. And I could claim that I um, uh, first experienced this in working with John Cage and, and Merce Cunningham, but I'm sure they would be the first to say that I don't know what I'm talking about, which is, of course, proof of what I was trying to say of the, uh, <laughs> of the discontinuity and irrationality of all experience. And this poem is, um, um, I'm going to read a small portion of it, is um, in two columns. Let us consider the cat's pajamas, an unfocused word sieve, a wordless Plato, a wish to live, I think. A word I, the appearance of, is enough to shrink the world. There will be no coffee following silence, no metaphor. The lives language tells itself. 
mind's random storms, calms, a climate, mirror, the moon, hail, passerby. In being, how goes the night, night. And one more section from that poem. An itch, God is not, otherwise inevitable. Faith, truck stop cry, oh rocks, unlocatable memory. Immediate in night, memory, an infection in air. Windborne, skunk odor, days after the, the barely discernible roadkill, Orpheus remembered, flawed with parts missing. And uh, I'd like to close with two recent poems, not, not, neither of them in the book. And um, all I have to do is find them. The first one is called, um, it, well, it's sort of a commentary on uh, the current state of uh, California and its um, um, economic state, and particularly as it affects the, the University of California. And it's a poem titled Let's Party which uh, the lines uh, spoken by Arnold Schwarzenegger at the end of, I think it's Terminator 2. And if I can't find it, I may even remember it. You never know. Let's party. Where were you when the great bell cracked and we ran out of cherries for the Jubilee? It must have been a holiday. There are so many of them in the infirmary. Holidays open a door on happiness or so the brochure claimed. At least the flags are limp and no trouble for the moment. How we got here, main sheet and wing sail tattered, is not on the program as printed. Upon arrival, the charts were burned just to keep warm. And the final poem, I'm not sure I can remember this one, uh, it's titled Walking into 90, which is a very appropriate sentiment for me. Um, there's not that much to be said for it, for walking. <laughs> I'm not sure I can remember it. There's not that much to be said for it, for walking. In less than a mile, calf muscles cramp. Hydrate, hydrate. I know the rule and even follow it. But water cannot lift the weight of years. It finds its level, which is always down. And that goes <laughs> to two more stanzas, which uh, in the failing light, <laughs> which reminds me of Dylan Thomas for some reason or other, uh, I can't seem to find. Um, but uh, I assure you, it's a pretty interesting poem. And <laughs> and, uh, we may have another occasion to read it, but I think that I am uh, come upon the exact time in which this uh, reading is supposed to come to an end. And I very much appreciate your attention. You've been very kind, generous, and sympathetic, which is wonderful. So thank you very much.
You've been listening to a podcast by University of California Television. For more information about this program or UCTV, visit us online at uctv.tv.